Well, good morning, Oakwood, and welcome to uh, part three of the series we've been in the last several weeks. And today we're going to be talking about something that probably makes a lot of us a little uncomfortable. Uh, today we're going to be talking about receiving from the Lord. Because, uh, you know, we're people that are supposed to be giving like the Lord, right? And not receiving, but uh, I think God has something special He wants to do in us today. So uh, just a reminder as we've uh, been in this series, Recalibrate, uh, we're talking about how worship and focusing on the Lord really recenters and recalibrates our life. And uh, the first week we talked about how we can just get a little bit off, just one degree off, and how it takes us a long way from God over time, and how most people get kind of uh, wrapped into that. They don't understand, you know, what's, what's going on. They don't, they don't intend to be far from God, but it's just that one degree um, from off of God's focus and His direction that seems to be uh, something that so many people struggle with. And, and, and then last week, um, we were talking about how uh, God wants us to uh, remember all that He's done for us. He wants us to remember who He is. He wants to remember all of His acts of kindness and goodness and love and grace and mercy toward us and how that helps us refocus and recalibrate our life on Him. And again, today we're going to be talking about receiving. I'm wondering how many of you have ever experienced the, uh, the, the, the joy of, of present buying for someone who is hard to buy for? You ever to buy a present for someone? It's just as anyone, yeah. It's 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 hard to buy for some people, right? Now some people it's really easy to buy for. You you could get them, you know, a toothpick, and they're like, "Wow, thank you so much," you know. And they're they're actually thrilled with it because you know they can pick their teeth. But um, there, there's other people that are hard to buy for, right? They're legitimately hard to buy for because you're like, well, "What are they? You know, what do they like?" And and or maybe it's one of those people you feel like, "Man, they've already got it all." You know, they're one of those people that buy themselves everything right before Christmas, right? It's like, oh, I really wanted the sweater, and I bought it for myself. And you're like, I could have bought you that sweater for Christmas. And you find yourself uh, working through this, this deal where it's just people are hard to buy for, and sometimes it's hard, hard to know what to give them. You know, I wonder if God feels about us in that same way sometimes. I, I just wonder if he thinks, man, these people are hard to buy for. I've given them the greatest gift ever, and so many of them just don't receive it. So many of them just don't accept it. I mean, I mean, the free gift of God's love, His grace, His mercy, uh, the free uh, gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, the gift of Jesus even coming into this world and being our example, and, and, and the gift of His Word, the gift of being able to pray to Him, all of those things, and yet it seems that so many people that would even say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, they struggle with receiving the gifts that God has for us. Here's, here's the fact this morning. I want us to understand through this series in today that through worship, we receive Jesus and we receive His truth for our lives. We can do that through worship. As you, if you pay attention to these lyrics as we, we sing these songs, you, you, you receive the presence of Jesus Christ. You also receive his truth for our lives. And we need to remember that God is a giving God, that He's a generous giver. And yet I know sometimes uh, we have a hard time receiving. I wonder if you've ever experienced this like I have. I, have you ever left a worship service um, where you were like, man, I just didn't get anything out of that service? Has anyone ever experienced that? You're just like, man, I, I just came in and I just felt like, man, I got nothing out of that. I got nothing out of that message. And and, and I, I didn't get anything out of the worship, and even the communion time, just, just, it, was, it was just uh, an act for me. I, I just didn't feel connected at any point, and 
You know, I was just thinking through that. I think about how many times in my life I've gone to a church kind of wanting to receive, but not doing it. And how many times I walk out of there and I think, you know what the problem was? The problem was not what God was doing. The problem wasn't the leadership. The problem wasn't the service itself. The problem wasn't the message. The problem was, was me. The problem was the fact that I wasn't ready to receive. And sometimes I think we can get caught up as, as uh, Christians that we can become these critics, you know? It's like, oh, you know, I didn't like that song, or I didn't, didn't like this part of the message, or I thought it was inappropriate that this church did this. And as I visit other churches, sometimes I really have to check my heart because I can walk out of there as a little church critic. And if I have that posture, then it means that, you know, I'm not really going to receive anything that the Lord would have me to receive. The fact is, is that we have got to recalibrate our lives on Jesus Christ. And I think when we do that, we make Him first, we make Him the center, and, and we make Him the highest. And when we come to church and church services expecting to, to see Jesus on the throne lifted high, when we expect to feel the presence of God in our lives, then some really awesome things happen for us as Christians. We have those expectations. I want to invite you to turn, we're going to be looking at two passages today. The first one comes from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. And then we're going to follow that up uh, with Luke, chapter 10. And again, you're welcome to follow along in your Bible this morning. Um, or if you'd like to follow along in the church app, uh, there's ways for you to uh, have the scriptures and the bullet, bullet points and take notes even in the app. And all of that is there for you. Just download the Oakwood app and, and go to uh, Sermon Notes and they will be right there for you. But John uh, chapter 14, uh, verse 6, this is uh, Jesus in the upper room with his disciples. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the gift of the promised Holy Spirit of God uh, to them. And, and this is what he says in verse 26. He says, but the advocate, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit there. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so he says the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is going to teach us all things and remind us of everything that Jesus has said to us through his word. So the Holy Spirit is going to be our guide. The Holy Spirit is going to be one that is with us, that is speaking to us and helping us to hear the truth of Jesus Christ and helping us to know the word of God. And then if you turn over to uh, Luke chapter 10, and this is a familiar passage probably to many of you, beginning with verse 38. Now, this is a story about uh, Jesus and the disciples. Um, they were uh, going, going on their way on a journey, and they travel, and they end up staying at the house of Martha and Mary and having some hospitality there. So let's pick up there in verse 38, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. Now, anytime Jesus says your name twice, it's probably not a good thing, right? But he didn't say Martha, Martha, Martha. Okay, so but anyway, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. What was the word he 
that, uh, that said there in verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted. She was distracted. And, and Jesus felt that. He says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Martha, you're worried about all of these other preparations and all these things. And, and Martha's probably doing some really good things. Don't get me wrong. She's probably doing some really good things. But it gets to the point here where he says, you know what? Few things are really needed. And then he's, he boils it down even more. He says, indeed, only one. And then look what Jesus says. Mary, not Martha, but Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. And I want you to think for a moment about the posture of Martha versus the posture of Mary when you want to receive from the Lord. You see, Martha was out scurrying about, worrying about hospitality and making sure the food and drinks ready and making sure the house was prepped and making sure everything, all the ducks were in a row. And Mary decided, you know what? I'm in the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm in the presence of the Son of God. And I think the best place for me to be is not helping my sister or doing all these things. I think the best place for me to be right now is right here in front of Jesus Christ. So that Mary could receive what the Lord had for her. And it said there in verse 39, what did it say? It said, this is Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. What's more important in that moment? Listening to the Lord or doing all of these works? You know, I think sometimes we need to look at the postures we take. What posture have you taken to receive from the Lord? I want to share uh, four with you that I think are common in the church today. The first one is this. I think sometimes we take a hurried posture. I think sometimes we take a, a hurried posture. We hurry into services, sometimes several minutes late, and we kind of rush through, and we're checking our watch to say, okay, what time do I have to be at the next thing? Or, or, or you know, if you're in, in, in the second service, you know, what time is lunch? And, okay, where are we going to go for lunch? And we can get in this very hurried posture, and it really makes us distracted, just like it talked about Martha in, in verse 40 of, of that passage in Luke 10. It, it makes us distracted, and, and it doesn't encourage us to receive anything from the Lord because we're always thinking about the next thing, and we're not focused in the moment. We're always hurried, you know, hurry up, get into the church, hurry up and find a seat, hurry up and find this, and hurry up and get through the service, and hurry up and get to the next thing. And, and what if we just didn't have that time constraint on our mind? That it wasn't about getting through the service, get her done, check the box, and go on to the next thing. I think some of us, we don't receive from the Lord. It's hard to receive from the Lord because of a hurried posture. Another one is an angry posture. Sometimes, we come in and we can't focus because we're so lit at somebody. And sometimes it's somebody even in our church. It's somebody that you know we encountered in the lobby and they said something and that just really rubbed me the wrong way. And we get in here and we can't even focus on anything that the Lord has for us. We can't receive anything from them because we have this unresolved conflict. Now, Jesus uh, actually addressed this in the Sermon on the Mount on Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5, um, I believe it's 23 and 24, where he says, that if you're going to offer your gift at the altar to first go be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. And what he's talking about there specifically is worship. He's saying, hey, before you come into worship, if you hold anything against a brother, go and be reconciled to that brother so you're not distracted by anything and you don't have this angry posture and then come and offer your gift. And it's amazing when you forgive someone 
And you let something go that was you've been holding in or that was against you. And then you come into worship, how worship just seems so much better and so much freer. And, and, and you're so much less distracted. Another posture that we take sometimes to receive from the Lord, I call it the resistant posture. Sometimes we don't receive anything because we're not willing to receive anything. We're resistant to God. We're resistant to His Word. We're resistant to His movement. And we're living in denial of His truth. Sometimes I think when we have a resistant posture, it's because of sin in our life. We know we are sinning. And we know that God has called us out of sin and to walk in this newness of life. And yet we keep going back to these old attitudes and these the, the words that come from our mouths sometimes and the attitudes in our minds and, and some of the things that we just do are sinful and they're against God. And so sometimes we come in with this resistant posture to protect ourselves from guilt, to protect ourselves from an encounter with the Almighty because we're just not willing to receive. I know that's happened to me a few times through the years, walking into a church service and, and, and not getting anything out of it just because I was unwilling. I just was resistant because I didn't, I didn't want to feel close to the Lord because I knew I hadn't been doing the things the Lord wanted me to do. I think so many times that's, that's something that we struggle with. And the last one is uh, the posture that, that we've taken to receive from the Lord. Sometimes I think we take a passive posture. Sometimes we take a passive posture. We, we sit as passive observers and not engaged worshipers, engaged participants. You know, when we're singing the song, some people say, well, I'm not really into music and I, you know, and I don't really like to sing. It's not my thing. Or I worry about my voice and, and, and all of these excuses. And we just kind of approach uh, worship and focusing on the Lord in a very passive way. We, we, we get to this point where we just become observers and we're not experiencing much of anything just because we're just observing the Lord and we're not really focused. We're, we're just so passive. We don't sing. We don't try to engage. We don't try to, you know, we don't come in with this mentality and this heart that wants to be engaged. And I'm telling you, with all of these things, it is so hard to receive anything from the Lord. Yet I think the Lord wants to give us something, especially if we're going to take time out of our week like this and spend some time with Him. He wants us to receive something because He is a giving God. It reminded me of the story of Samuel. Remember when Samuel was a, a little boy and the, the Lord was putting a calling on his life and every time that the Lord called to, to Samuel, he thought it was Eli, the high priest, who was kind of uh, mentoring him. And every time he would go to Eli, and about the third or fourth time, then Eli realized, Samuel, you're hearing directly from the Lord here. And then Eli encouraged Samuel to say something pretty, pretty bold to the Lord. He said, tell the Lord this, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I wonder, if we cross the threshold of the sanctuary every Sunday, and we just paused. We just said that prayer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If you got up every morning, before you cracked open your Bible, if you were like, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If, if, if before you went to prayer, you were, you were saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If that is the posture that we need to have to receive from the Lord. 
Because I think God has so much that he wants to give us. And when we receive from him, we find out that our faith is built and that we recalibrate our lives and focus on the Lord. And you can do that in so many ways in a church gathering, if you really think about it. You can do it in so many different ways. You can receive from God through the message. You can hear the scriptures proclaimed, and maybe thoughts and angles that you've never thought of before. And you can receive a word from the Lord. Sometimes you can receive from the Lord through a song. It's a song that just moves your heart, and the lyrics are they're just they're right where you're at in your life. And, and uh, maybe there's some scripture in the song, and you're singing that scripture, and it, it just means something. You feel the presence of, of God and His Holy Spirit in those moments. Sometimes it's maybe even a conversation. I call them a, a divine appointment. It's something that happens in the lobby or, or as you're, you're walking out or maybe as you're coming into the service, you get here early and you're, you have this divine appointment. You have this conversation with someone and you feel the Lord's presence in Him speaking through it. Maybe it's during a time of prayer. Maybe, maybe it's just the sense of His presence. This has happened to me many times in my life where I just feel like I sense the presence of God here in this place. I'm amongst God's people. We're, we're singing. We're crying out to Him. And, and you look across at other brothers and sisters who are, who are lifting their hands or they're just crying out to the Lord. And you can just feel this presence of God. Sometimes just knowing that God is real, alive, and active, and, and present. And the, 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 the Scripture says that He inhabits the praises of His people. That, that there are these moments where we can receive from the Lord in that. Maybe, maybe it's when we get to witness a baptism. We get to witness someone's faith decision to the Lord and, and in that watery grave of baptism when we receive something, something from the Lord there. Sometimes maybe it's in communion. We have our upper room moment where we take the bread and we take the cup and we remember Christ's sacrifice for us. I think sometimes that is the most meaningful time in the service is that moment with the Lord. So many people give us that feedback about our church services, that when we gather and we have those moments with the bread and the cup that we receive from the Lord, it's amazing what God can do there. I want to remind you of just a couple things with communion specifically and how we receive from the Lord. And in communion, we, we celebrate several things. And in communion, we celebrate um, that, that we receive grace. There's a, there's a Greek word. Um, it's eucharisteo. And, and eucharisteo has the, the root word in the Greek, uh, charis, in it, which actually means grace. But if you've heard of other um, maybe church denominations, and, and they, they call that moment what we call Holy Communion or, or the moment in the time of communion, they may call it the Eucharist. And it comes from that Greek word, Eucharisteo, and it just means thankful for grace. It means that we have this heart and this attitude of thanksgiving when we receive grace. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but it'll be on the screen here. Well, what is grace? Maybe you've, you've seen this. It's been around a long time. It, it is God's riches, so it's God's riches at Christ's expense. You ever wonder when the, in a moment, you know, what, what is grace? I, I just think that's a great um, acronym for that, is, is it God's riches at Christ's expense. And we receive that when we take communion. We receive that grace. The second thing we receive when we take communion together is we receive belonging. There's a word 
There, the communion, it has the word union in it. It has the word commune in it. It has the word community. All of those words wrapped up into knowing that we have this sense of belonging. That we receive belonging to the family of God. That, that, that those of us that believe and have made that faith decision in the body and blood of Jesus Christ and to be able to partake in that moment with not only those in the room, but, but Christians and believers all around the world that are gathered to do the same thing. There's this great sense of family and a great, a great sense of belonging. And the, and the last thing that, that we celebrate in communion is that we receive hope. We receive hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 says this, For whenever you eat of the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Let me read that again. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And it gives us hope. Did you catch that? The most important part of that verse is we're proclaiming the Lord's death, we're remembering His sacrifice until He comes. Jesus is coming back for us. And once again, we'll receive physically a second time the Son of God coming out of heaven and residing with us again. Now there are many saints who have gone on before us and who have gone to heaven and who have uh, received Christ and are in His presence today, but it's a glad reminder there in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six that we have hope because He's coming again. And what that means for us is that hope that, that problems are not going to have the last word, that struggles don't tell the whole story that challenges won't last forever. But that we get to be in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes I think it's just a fact that God is present. That God's presence is here. And you know what's lacking? It's our awareness of it. That's what I want us to focus on this morning. As we continue in this mindset of what do we want to receive from the Lord. We're going to do a couple things a little bit different today. But I'm confident of this. That as we do these things together here in the next few minutes, that the Lord wants you to receive. He wants you to posture yourself in these next few moments to receive. So what I'd like to ask you to do this morning is to close your eyes, just so you're not distracted by anything. Just go ahead and, and close your eyes right now. And even if you're online with us right now, just close your eyes. And what we're going to do in these next few minutes is, first of all, we're just going to pray. We're going to spend a few minutes in prayer here. After that, we're going to, we're going to res uh, take communion. And then after that, we're going to sing a song. And I just believe in these next few minutes as we do uh, these three things, as we have a time of prayer and we have a time of communion and we sing a song that God wants us to receive. And so as I give you some time here with just, just a little bit of music playing in the background, and I'm just going to give you some time to pray. I, I want you to pray, God, I'm ready to receive. 
God, I'm ready to, to receive. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's just do that right now. Let's just spend a couple of minutes here and just, just pray to the Lord. Cry out whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart. Tell the Lord. Let him know that you're ready to receive this morning.